Welcome to the Home Hour. I'm Kirsten. And I'm Graham. And this podcast is the Home Ec class you wish you'd been offered. We're two moms aspiring to create gracious homes that are welcoming and functional, all while dealing with real life schedules, budgets, and children. Stick with us and we'll share and show what we know, what we've learned, where we've messed up, and how to fix it. For everything we can't make up, we'll bring in the best experts we can find. You're listening to The Home Hour, part of the Life Listen Network. On today's episode, we're getting bossy and we're throwing out all the rules on neutrals. We're keeping our design credentials from being revoked and we're chatting with daring and fun interior designer, Annie Elliott of Bossy Color. It's a day to celebrate colorful ceilings, colorful walls, colorful floors, and why taking risks and being bold may be the best way to create a space you love to live in. Plus, choosing the right lighting, decorating spaces for kids, facing the hard truths about dining rooms, and why you should just say no to ceiling white. All that and more on this week's episode of The Home Hour. Welcome home. Welcome home, Graham. Welcome home, Kirsten. And welcome everyone to the home hour. It's bossy color day. I love this day because I love I love anything color. with bossy in its name. Um, <laughs> we're going back to our design roots, which we needed to do. We've been talking about that for a while because we've been a little bit too, like, I don't know, willy-nilly. I don't think we've been willy-nilly. I don't know. I mean, I feel like we, we're a design show. Shouldn't we be talking about floors we're and pink colors? We're designing our whole lives and the way designing our house our, runs. That's true. That's a very good Cut point. Cut yourself um, some slack, Graham. You're right. This podcasting have... is changing you. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. I used to never care about order and organization, but now I do. We have Annie Elliott, a Washington, D.C.-based interior designer on our show today. And what's cool about Annie is you will get the freedom to get really, really creative and flamboyant into in your interior spaces. And she does things that nobody else does. She literally creates new things to go into homes. Um, and she kind of shares some of those ideas with us. Right. And I think both you and I have some interesting ideas for our houses and like kind of like some stuff that's a little bit out there, maybe kooky, if you will. But that doesn't have to be everybody. I think at the end of the day, she's like, if your stuff is kooky and that's what makes you happy, go for it. And if the stuff you like is very, you know, um, streamlined and very neutral, then go for that. She's just about giving you permission to just make a house that feels like you. So I was I was really encouraged. And there's a few things I haven't done because I just thought, "Eh, I don't know. But you know what? Everything I ever do that is really something I want in a home, I end up loving. So I think she's right. I think she you will find it encouraging. But before we get to our interview with Annie, we have a sponsor we're excited to tell you all about. We do. We have Prep Dish sponsoring the Home Hour this week. And we love Prep Dish. We've loved Prep Dish for a while. Prep Dish is a weekly um, meal planning subscription that allows you to make healthy, gluten-free, dairy-free, paleo meals that you can make in your own home, but you can make them really quickly. And so every week you basically get an email with a grocery list and you're going to get prep ahead instructions. So all of your meals are ready for the week. You have absolutely no guesswork. The grocery shopping is done in a snap. It is so organized, I cannot even tell you. And this week, I actually made the slow cooker barbecue ribs, which is amazing for me because I've been making my ribs on the grill. And this was like such a time saver, I cannot even tell you to be able to make them in the slow cooker. That's a good idea. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about the California salad. My kids have started eating salads and it came, oh my gosh, it was game changer when they started eating salads, but now I'm running out of salad ideas. So how did you um, get your children to eat salad? 
Oh, that's a whole, whole nother podcast. That's a whole podcast. Which we should do. But I want to talk about kind of the philosophy behind this prep dish idea because it's not, this is not like a meal delivery service. This is you go out and you buy your groceries. She's just helping you get organized. And Graham, I remember my kids are a little bit older than your, well, my first was a little older than your first. And do you remember when Jessica Seinfeld had written that book where you would like, puree food before? Yeah. Yeah, and there yeah. was an interview with her on the news and like every Sunday night she and Jerry just be in the kitchen and she's chopping up vegetables. And I just thought this woman is the biggest genius. And I will say the couple of diets I've ever done where I've really stuck to the meal plan. This has been the idea has been like, take a couple hours on Sunday, do all your meal planning or Saturday, you know, do all your meal planning, do all the grocery shopping, do all the prep. And then it's done. And then when it's five o'clock and you're just like, I don't have the bandwidth guess what? Like your healthy choices have already been made for you. The, the hard part of cooking has already been done. So I love, I think it's just a good like way to do food prep for a family. Yeah, it's super fun. And I mean, the offer that Prep Dish is given honestly can't be beat. What you need to do is go to prepdish.com forward slash home hour. Again, prepdish.com forward slash home hour. And you're going to be able to try the first two weeks for free. So kind of a no brainer. See what you think. Give it a whirl. If nothing else, you can try two weeks um, of fabulous food. But we think you'll stick around a whole lot longer because it's just so easy to do, but also efficient and a time saver and healthy. Yep. Sounds like a plan. All right. Give it a try, everybody. That's prepdish.com forward slash home hour. So thank you, Prepdish. Okay. Moving along to color. I think, um, I think we're ready to just dive right into our chat with Annie. Let's do it. I'm going to start lacquering um, while no, I'm listening. No, you're not going to gonna lacquer. We talked about that, but spoiler alert. We're going to. I don't think gonna... she said don't lacquer. I don't know, guys. I say listen to the show no, and let us. She didn't say us... don't lacquer, but I, she, she got into what lacquering is. And I'm telling you, Graham, don't lacquer. Yeah, but she gave a hack a doodle do like that we'll put up on the show site that I had never even heard of before about like some faux lacquer. Oh, um, that, so you that have to is what you, you have to listen do. to that one because that was off the hook. So she said you had to be patient if you were going to lacquer. Yeah, but if and we wet your whistle your for strength. how yeah. to fake patient lacquer with your co-hosts on podcasting to lacquer properly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone, enjoy Annie. Okay, we are here now with Annie Elliott of Bossy Color. Annie, welcome to the Home Hour. Thanks so much for being with us today. Well, thank you so much for having me. What fun. <laughs> we are um, so excited. Annie's from Bossy Color, and I was going to say um, interior designer to the stars, but then I was thinking because <laughs> you, and you probably are, but because you're in the D.C. area, you are probably interior designer to many politicos and some very interesting people. Um, and I'm sure you have some really good secrets like have you ever had to do interior design around like a secret red phone or have you ever <laughs> interior designed like a safe room I mean <laughs> right exactly I'm I would answer that question but I'm not at liberty to say so right. you know <laughs> do they offer diplomatic immunity to interior designers <laughs> exactly exactly yeah it would be the most colorful safe room in all of DC um, okay so let's again. start with your name because bossy color is just such a unique name I mean, how right. did you come up with Bossy Color? You know, I wish I could take credit for it, but it was my younger brother who actually thought of it. We were, um, I was very early in the company. I'd been uh, working for about a year and I finally, I was walking down the street with my brother in Philadelphia and I said, you know, it's been a year, business is good. I think I really better get a website. And he said, oh, what's what's it going to be? www.bossycolor.com. And I was like, <laughs> well, maybe. So I think it says a lot about our relationship 
relationship, even though we're both grown-ups, the the uh, you know bossy older sister lives. So that that's the origin story. I love it. It's perfect. Um, but your color, okay. So if people are listening and they're like, I love neutrals, I love mm-hmm. calming whites, like. Be bossy. Explain why they're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, I'm not going to explain why they're wrong necessarily, because if, you know, if light gray is what makes you tick, then okay, you might not be my best client, but you know, but people have different things that make them happy and make them tick. I mean, I think most rooms, most spaces, most homes look best when there is some color strategically used, but that doesn't mean that every room has to be painted, you know, royal blue or bright red, you know, color doesn't have to be on the walls. So if you're more of a neutrals person, um, you know, what I might suggest to you is we layer the neutrals. We use sort of different shades of of ivories and beiges um, and and use lots of texture to make it more visually interesting. And then we might just bring in some plants, you know, there's our green and it just will make the space feel more alive. Um, You know, we can also do something with pillows, but, you know, I think the important thing to remember with color is it doesn't have to be everywhere, you know? Totally. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's the concept that I think we want to use to like frame today's show is Mm -hmm. we like this concept of kind of daring personalization in a home um, and really just doing some unique things that not everyone else is doing. But then at the same point in time, you feel like you go, but you are an expert in that. Um, I kind of found you and came to know about you from some of the blogging and work you have done with lacquer paint, um, which Mm -hmm. is just, you know, something that Kirsten and I are incredibly interested in. Mm -hmm. And um, but I think a lot of people they're nervous that they're about to kind of pour a lot of money into a home renovation or do something and that they're going to get sick of it. They want to be adventurous, but they're nervous. Like kind of walk us through a little bit about that. Like you make the move and then you freeze up. Right, exactly. Well, one thing that's fun about decorating as opposed to renovating is that, you know, the the moves are smaller and the moves are less expensive. So, you know, renovating your bathroom is one thing, and we can certainly talk about that. Um, But on the the more sort of surface level, the decorating, people still are, you know, can be hesitant to use color. What if I don't like it, you know, and it's so expensive? And what I say to that is, look at what you love. Really look at what you love. I mean, if you have a Pinterest board, look at that. If you have design magazines, look at that. If you've always, you know, loved black and white checks, take that into consideration. But you really, it's your home. Part of it at least has to reflect who you are and what you love. And so what I say is, if you do something you love, if you find a wallpaper that you absolutely adore and you want to use it, you know, in a powder room, that doesn't require much wallpaper. Or if you want to do an accent wall with it, again, doesn't require too much um, financial outlay, then you're going to love it. You're really going to love it. And if over time you find that you do get sick of it, because that is a you know a comment that I hear from people who um, might be hesitant to do something bold. You can change the other things around in the room. So, for example, if you want to invest in, let's say, a stripy stair runner instead of the usual, you know, beige or what have you, um, but you're worried you're going to get tired of it. To that, I say. Well, why don't we look at the walls? You know, if we're doing ivory walls with your stripey runner, well, then in five years, three years, two years, whatever, why don't we paint the walls super light blue? 
And then why don't we move this piece of art that you have over to this corner? And then why don't we change the rug in this room? So you can do lots of, by changing the other elements in a room, you can make that one statement piece read completely differently. It's really fun to shake things up anyway. I've been doing that in my house actually a lot because there's a few pieces that I did go bold on. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and they're in okay condition because they're like rooms I kept pretty grown up. But mm-hmm. um, <laughs> as opposed to some other rooms that have seen better days. <laughs> right. But um, but yeah, I've done that. I've been like, you know what? This kind of had like a very uh, like Palm Beachy feel to it. It was really like seashell or whatever. But now I'm like, you know what? If I got rid of that fabric and did this, then my favorite striped couch would still work and it would look completely different. So it is sort of fun too to shop in your own house yes. and realize like, you know, I could just buy two chairs mm-hmm. and move these to my bedroom and do and like all of a sudden this very daunting redecorate my whole house turned into like, oh no, I need two chairs and my whole house will feel redecorated, <laughs> exactly. which is exciting. It is exciting and very inexpensive, I will say. And isn't it funny, like what you can move when you really want to, you know, like the thought of maybe moving a a chair or two up the stairs might seem daunting, but if you want it to happen, you will make it happen. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's true. It's true. Well, or just like moving an entire room. I mean, for example, Mm -hmm. I guess when we bought our home, um, you know, the first room you walked into was the living room Um, and it's Mm -hmm. tiny. And we actually, I mean, I actually, this is interesting. I'd like you to touch upon this, Annie, because you'd know. Mm-hmm. Why do you not want to walk into a dining room in a house? What's the uh. reason behind that? I'm really curious because we basically walk straight into our dining room and I know it's like a faux pas, um, but well, I, it just... Well, why do you think it's a faux pas? Just because not a lot of people do it, why do you think it's a faux pas? I guess I've heard so many realtors say, and I think I was, I've just heard many times, and I don't know if that's a, I didn't, I, I'm assuming there's some sort of history behind that, mm. of like you don't walk into a day, di- I mean, you walk straight into our dining room. You walk room. straight into my dining room too, I didn't know this was a faux pas. <laughs> what are we doing hosting this podcast, Graham? Okay, well, We're both well, making before, these massive mistakes. Well, before you are beating yourself up, I do not think it is a faux pas. I'm going to challenge the realtors on that. I mean, Ew. realtors and I, That is that is a whole other podcast. I will say, Um, because you shouldn't, you are living in your home for you. You are not living in your home thinking about resale every day. And if you are, stop, because it's your house. Um, We can really, that is a whole separate conversation that I would be delighted to have because I've given it lots of thought. Um, But you know, in a very, very fancy house, we just flipped the living room and dining room. So while you have, you do have a foyer to walk into, the dining room is at the front of the house and it feels completely natural. I mean, I would say that the biggest challenge of having walking right into the dining room is that that table is going to be where everybody dumps their stuff, right? Right. Um, So that would, that's more of a practical challenge but in terms of it being some some you know universal faux pas i do not think that that's the case so i would stop Good. you know stop okay, worrying so we're about done that. With that all right well, take that off <laughs> my plate of stress of life stresses Absolutely. hey we're going totally off the outline here but because you brought up yeah. dining rooms can we talk about something else both Graham oh, and absolutely. i feel like probably do more dinner parties than the average person at least mm-hmm. it's kind of mm-hmm. i mean i don't know which everyone should dinner parties are so oh, fun yes. do them do them but um but uh, i know a lot of people just don't use their dining room and they've mm-hmm. said forget it this is the billiard room or this is mm-hmm. you know what do you think about just are there any things you you think are like we you you got to keep this room? It's an important mm. room, or are you just all about like, hey, if you're not using a space or if you use it twice a year, get rid of it? Mm-hmm. What are your kind of thoughts on that? Like, what rooms could you just totally turn around in their head? 
Right. Well, I absolutely agree that you should use rooms the way you and your family live, for sure. Um, that said, I just want to go back to dining rooms for one second, um, because the dinner party is like my favorite milieu. Like if I could live in a dinner party, that is where I would be. Um, and often I have been known to have my husband kick me under the table if I sort of if I'm at a dinner party, not throwing one. I've been known to sort of, you know, glaze over and start looking around the room in my mind. I'm redecorating and my husband will be like, stop oh, it. No. <laughs> your husband can see your redecorating face. That's oh, love. Totally. You know? I know it is love. It is love. It's amazing. He's still around. Um, but but I first of all, I do think people should use their dining rooms. So let's start there that. Um, you know, a lot of us have eat-in kitchens. I happen to not have an eat-in kitchen. Um, you know, I live right in the middle of Washington, D.C. We have a 1910 townhouse. And so while the proportions are very grand, we don't have a million rooms. And so we use our dining room for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And so you know, for us, the dining room is a very usable space. It can be made formal if we're having a formal dinner party or if it's a holiday, um, but we use it. So that's the first thing that I would really encourage people you know, not to not to save any rooms, not to save this as the parlor, not to save this dining room. Now, the exception is when you do have really little kids, you know, you don't want them to go everywhere. But, you know, once people are functional and can hold on to their juice boxes and what have you, um, using the space, you know, using dining rooms, I think is a great thing. That said, if you are really informal people or you just don't entertain that much, then you should never you should never have a room in your house that you don't use. I mean, that is a waste. It's a waste of space. And I think it's kind of soul sucking, you know, to know that you have this potential that you know, that really isn't being realized. And so one thing that I love to do in dining rooms that are underused is make it a library. And so, you know, put in some built-ins or they can be expensive. So put in, you know, several bookcases, you know, up, up against each other along a wall, pack them with books. And then you have a nice cozy space. You could even still have a homework table in the middle of the room. And voila, you have a room that people, it's a little less dining roomy feeling, but you could actually have a meal in there if you wanted to. Um, or it becomes an office. Don't have a homework table in the middle. Put a nice big desk in a corner and keep your built-ins. You know, That's and so yeah. there are lots of ways to turn around a room like that. Annie, That's you're speaking true. my language because I just put a giant <laughs> desk in my <gasps> living room. Awesome. And at first everyone was horrified. But I said, you know what? I need a place to work. My husband yep. needs a place to work. Mm -hmm. We hang out in the living room three times a year. This is my office now. And it is it's it's changed my feeling on this room. And it's no longer a room I walk through and I'm kind of mad at. Because yes. it's like, <laughs> oh, you have such good real estate and you're full of pretty things that I will never touch, you know. It's exactly. so it's, it makes me so happy. Now I love my living room because it's my office. That is awesome. That is exactly what you should do. And I, frankly, I like having an office that's kind of in the middle of everything, because especially when your kids are little, you want to kind of have an ear out. You know what I mean? So if they're playing, you know, sort of in a corner, you can maybe pay a bill, you know, over at the desk while yeah. they're still doing it. You know what I mean? So good for you. That was that was excellent. Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice move. if they were playing in a corner? <laughs> <laughs> it's been a 
while. My kids are 13, so it's a, you know, how quickly we forget. I'm of a whole whole different slew of challenges oh, now. But Mine wasn't trying to, like, help me, you know, stamp the envelope, you know, with the, <laughs> the stamper and getting ink everywhere. All right. So let's, I want to talk about your love of lacquer paint um, and wallpaper yeah. and specifically your gorgeous, gorgeous towel backsplash, in the, which really is one of the most unique things I've ever seen. So can you oh, kind of paint you. a picture for that a little bit? Sure, sure. Um, so as I mentioned, my house is not gigantic and we have essentially a galley kitchen. Um, and we made the decision not to build out, which once we did make that decision, we felt as though a great weight had been lifted from our chests. So we decided to stay with a galley kitchen, keep the footprint we have, but I still wanted something show-stopping. You know, I wanted it to be, I wanted there to be something that's dramatic. And I will confess, I felt a lot of pressure because, you know, this is what I do for a living. I'm a designer. And wow, so yeah, yeah. I really felt like I couldn't have a, a kitchen that just looked like everyone else's as pretty as they may be. So we did decide pretty early on that the stove wall would have no cabinets on it. There would be a hood, but no cabinets. And it's about, you know, nine feet long. And so that is where we decided to do something. And so the something was looming large. We did not know what that something was until, you know, very, very deep into the project. And then finally, um, the people who were helping me with the kitchen showed me a picture of a ceramic tile, um, a panel that was gigantic, I mean, huge, and it was painted, exquisitely painted, to look like chinoiserie wallpaper. So I don't know if you've seen Gracie wallpaper, um, or like, but uh, with birds and trees, and it's a scene, it's a painting. It's not a re- repeating pattern. It's really like a mural, but it was on a ceramic tile. And I don't know why I felt a mural wasn't right for that space, but it just that, it, for some reason, that wasn't appealing. So this gigantic ceramic panel. So to make a long story short and to not like spread that bad vibes, <laughs> I will just say that that particular path did not work out. However, once I moved on from there, I hit upon the idea of doing the same concept, but on reverse painted glass, which is actually a very, very old technique. Um, There's a technique called eglamise, and that technically means that you put gold or silver leaf on the back of a piece of glass. And so then you flip it over and you are, I mean, this is essentially how mirrors are made, right? You paint the back of it. And so it's an old technique. And somewhere along the way, people started painting with colors in the same way. And so we decided to do that. And there are some wonderful, wonderful artists who work out of D.C. They work all over the place, but they created this work of art. It is, I have to say, it's it's pretty stunning. Um, and I it makes me happy every time I look at it. And it's, it's super completely easy stunning. to clean, yeah. by the way. Anyone, you know? podcast listeners, um, you need to check this out. It's well, Anna, well, can we have Instagram. a picture of it to put in our show notes? We'd love to do oh, that. Okay. Yeah. Okay, but let me talk about that. I love that you mentioned that it's easy to clean because as mm-hmm. mom on a limited budget, I'm thinking to myself, okay, I don't think I could ever do that. And mm-hmm. I want it to be easy to clean. And I know why you didn't do a mural is because my mural would be covered in spaghetti, <laughs> spaghetti sauce pretty sauce. quickly. Um, <laughs> yes. But I, I think more like the process behind that, mm-hmm. like you basically invented a new concept. This was not something that like could be, I mean, you know, it's not something you would go on Pinterest and like see, oh, yeah, lots of people have done it. It's great. So talk about going through that emotionally. Like I'm going to invest, a, you know, a big 
um, amount of time, uh-huh. a big amount of money, and I'm gonna, and like this might not work. Like no one's right. done this. So how do right. you how, when you've got a crazy idea, but it just might be crazy enough to work? What, <laughs> right. what is your thought process on that? Do you know how many times a day I say this is so crazy, it just might work? I mean, I say that all all the time. 98% of the time, it does work. So that's great. And when it doesn't work, it's in my own house. So that's fine because I experiment in my own house. But this was, you know, once I hit on the concept and once I saw the drawing for it, I had no doubt that it was going to be amazing. I really didn't. I mean, I was worried about the installation. I was worried that it would break. I was worried that it wouldn't be as easy to clean as I had hoped. But, you know, I had thought about it for so long and had been through the, the just gut-wrenching process of trying to get this done in ceramic and then, you know, at the end of seven, eight, nine months, having basically a bunch of China shards arrive at my doorstep. Um, you know, having been through that, I just thought, you know what, this is just, it is money, it is an investment, but I just thought, let's just give it a try. No one has done it before, and that's why I want to do it. I don't want, at least at that point, until I got it up, I didn't want to see anyone else doing it. Um, so I guess I just had confidence in this particular idea. Um, but that that notion of, you know, really being nervous until something goes up is, you know, we're, we all know it, change is hard. And when you first, if you're wallpapering a room and you go away and somebody's helping you with it, they do it and then you walk back in and it's done, your heart is always going to skip a beat because it's different and it's new and you don't know how you feel about it right away. So you have to kind of give yourself that that moment to absorb and get used to and then you know tell your husband that it will take a week to get used right. to it because he will be in total shock you know yeah they're so, always slower to come around i'm thinking exactly. of a lot of crazy paint colors i chose where i'm like just give it a week just give right it a week right and then they forget and then they just move on that's my strategy you know distract um, and then they, <laughs> they'll say yes to anything, which is great. That was like, I was just trying to think. I was in a home the other day that someone had just remodeled and they had taken, they had found, I love like incorporating salvage pieces physically oh, yes. into the architecture. Like that's an easy way. Like if you're not willing to take the financial leap of, you know, creating your own glass tile backsplashes, um, mm-hmm. you know, she had taken an old, she had found an old door to a castle. I mean, truly like an mm. old castle door and <gasps> had it installed on a wall in her kitchen. And so, I mean, it didn't move. It didn't open. It would went to right, nowhere, right. but I mean, it opened up the space. It was so oh, interesting. Um, what it was just a very, idea. yeah. I mean, just to to you know to open the space in that way um, was just such mm-hmm. a cool. And plus, it was such a neat little piece. And then you made me think about libraries when Harrison and I were touring homes to look at like one you know ones to buy mm-hmm. when we move here. I just mm-hmm. remember we went into one house and it was a total wacky house. Um, and they actually had an indoor swimming pool <gasps> surrounded by a library, which I kept thinking to myself, "How are you pulling this off?" Because like it makes no <laughs> sense with the humidity. I mean, it was like a two. I mean, we were we were nowhere near buying this house. Trust me, but it was there was a swimming pool. And it it was surrounded by a two-story library covered in books. And I was like, it was gorgeous and fascinating. But like, I mean, there's no way those books weren't covered in mold. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely bizarre. That is wild. But it was cool. It took took your breath away and you'll never forget. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll never forget that one room because it was so just out there um, and cool. It's so neat. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't know how to talk to that, Graham. What? (laughs) 
Um, well, okay, sorry. I, I can tell about so many cool houses that I've seen that I always remember. I remember one time we grew up in Long Island and we went on a house tour with my mom. Sorry, I'll stop hijacking your show, Annie. Oh, this no, is no, your no, show. Please. This I, is totally I your love show. love this. <laughs> but I can out them. You know the people who started like Boar's Head Meats? Those yes. Meats? They yes. opened their home for a house tour and it was just this like <gasps> stunning home on Long Island, you know, just that we went to. But the moment you walked into the living room, you walked into a giant indoor swimming pool. I mean, <gasps> replete with, you know, floating palm trees. It was wacky. Oh I've, again, to this day, I've never seen anything like it. Um, oh my it was, gosh. It was, and I'm not suggesting we could all do that, but maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe a small water feature. <laughs> a little yeah, trick. You mentioned water twice now. I think you might be onto something. I do. I love the sound of running water in a house. I think yeah, Graham, so it's called beautiful. a shower and a faucet. Right. Like we <laughs> Or a turtle tank. We just my one of my daughters got a turtle and she put it in her bedroom, which is next to our office. And for the first month, this actually has nothing to do with design and it's actually very embarrassing. But for the first month, I went to the bathroom all the time because oh, the yeah. sound of running water, I was like, oh my God, this is killing me. Just something deep within. It was so weird. I'm used to it now. I don't even hear it, but it was so funny. See, Annie, if you came to decorate for me, I would probably say, welcome, Annie. I'd like you to make me live inside a hibachi steakhouse. You know how you walk in and they have like the little koi ponds with the small bridge. <laughs> like, yes. I that in my house somehow. Oh I don't know gosh. how, but anyway. All right. Talking about visual <laughs> trickery, you are an expert. Um, and I know that listeners love kind of that. So can you share a few to- of your top tips and tricks for making houses appear larger, opening up cramped spaces? Give us some of your top tricks that you use. Sure, sure, absolutely. Well, I mean, one thing that I think, I'm not sure if other designers talk about this as much as I do, but um, lighting, and lighting is so important. And I think we've all become so dependent on overhead lighting, which is the worst, to be honest, unless you're in a dining room at the aforementioned dinner party and you have your (laughs) chandelier on nice and dim, then overhead lighting is really harsh and gross. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I'm not getting any younger and it's not the most flattering, you know? So the first (laughs) tip that I tell everybody is we've got to get some table and floor lamps in here. That way you light the corners of the room. You know, if you have a nice two chairs and a table between it or a table on the end of a sofa with with a table lamp and then on the other side of the sofa, you have a floor lamp. You're pushing the light out to the corners of the room for one thing. You're lighting your face from the sides which is more flattering. Hopefully you're using warm bulbs so that the the glow and the effect is just more flattering and nice. Um, And it just can make the whole space feel warmer and um, bigger and cozier at the same time, which is, you know, no small feat. So I would say that, you know, lighting is definitely one, one thing to keep in mind. And another is, I mean, I'd say the area that requires the most trickery is window treatments, because if you do not have windows that are as large as you would like them to be, you can make them seem much bigger by either hanging a Roman shade way over the top of them or hanging a drapery rod way above the window. I mean, then you're going to see the wall between the drapery rod and the top of the window. But still, having drapes that go way up tall past the windows brings your eye up and it really opens up a space. In our bedroom, we have a double window. And for some reason, it's very puny. I don't know how that happened, but it's puny and it looks dumb and it's it's just annoying. And so 
I did a natural woven Roman shade, which I love, and I hung it almost to the ceiling. And so now it looks, and so most of the time when it's down, it covers just the top molding of the window. So you don't know that the window doesn't go up another two feet, you know? It just makes the room feel more grand and it doesn't make the window feel as puny. So okay, I wait, I have two clarifying questions on this. Yes. Okay, yes. so I, I'm a, molding is like my favorite thing in the world. Like I love oh, trim God. work. And um, so the, the trim work around our windows are are really pretty. Like it makes uh-huh. me really happy to see it. But my windows are pretty puny too now that you say that. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess the debate would be like, do we cover this pretty trim? And you're saying, right. yes, cover it anyway. Well, you know, I'm so glad you brought that up because that is probably the biggest, um, you know, the biggest, the thing I hear most office for, often from my friends and clients is, oh, but I love the woodwork. I really want to see it. I mean, if you do a Roman shade, that's obviously it has to be outside mount. If you're doing this bit of trickery, the Roman shade is going to stay up, you know, a lot of the time. So you will still see a lot of the molding. And in the drapery situation, yes, you're going to cover the molding on that window or on those windows. But do you have door frames that have molding? Do you have a baseboard? Do you have a crown molding? You're going to see beautiful molding in other places. And so you just have cleavage. (laughs) <laughs> you you show a hint and you let the eye imagine that is exactly exactly so oh, you know it's just goodness. a trade-off it's what's you know what is more important to you do you want to bring the eye up and really expand a room by this trick of you know doing drapes that are longer taller than the windows or you know is the is the molding really important to you in which case we'll do something else Okay, I like that. And then going back to lighting, I also have a clarifying question. I mm-hmm. couldn't agree with you more. I love lamps. They're really, they're a fun thing because I'm always kind of like, what knickknack do I put on this table? And a yes. lamp makes sense. So it's it's a kill two birds with one stone. It's great. Yes. Um, you can bring in color with lamps. Mm-hmm. So there's all sorts mm-hmm. of fun things like that. But um, we do have a house that has the built-in... Um, I'm looking to my ceiling like the word that I'm looking for is going to be up there. Floodlights. Thank you. (laughs) My lights don't (laughs) tell me what they're called. So, (laughs) um, and I go to Target and there are so many choices. What kind Mm -hmm. of lights do I, I can't just leave those empty. So what do I put in there? Oh gosh, this, and, and, you know, I wish that I had the the perfect answer for this because you do need light bulbs in them. I mean, if you have recessed lights, you have to have something in them. I honestly would just talk to, I would go to the hardware store. First of all, I would not use Target for this particular purchase, but go to a hardware store. But for everything else, we go to Target, right? uh, Well, that goes without saying, (laughs) for sure, for sure. Um, Yeah, my daughters love it for clothing, I have to say. So, um, so anyway, go to the hardware store though and talk to them and they will put the right light bulb in your hands and then you will forget what it's called because that's what happens to me every <laughs> single time. We do have some recessed lights in our house. I mean, they're they're aimed places. They're aimed to book sh- bookcases or they're, you know, aimed towards kitchen cabinets. But, you know, in our kitchen, actually, we have two rows of ceiling lights. Oh, this is so mean. But one row, the middle row of the recessed lights, I bought the bulbs for and they're nice and warm. The other row, which is right next to it, I kind of don't know how that happened, but the other row, my husband bought the lights for, and they're really gross. They're really, really, you feel like you're under interrogation if only those (laughs) lights are on. It's cold and awful. So guess what? I never turn them on, which means they'll never burn out, which means I'll live but, with them Which forever. is so funny. That's the thing, like, right? Like, that would be an easy thing to change. Like, I'll look at spots yeah. of dirt in my house and I'll think, oh, <laughs> I'm just going to, like, keep auditing that to see if, like, sometimes someone will remember <laughs> to clean that. But, like, I'll audit something for years. Why don't I just take a Clorox wipe and fix it? 
and fix it. Exactly. exactly. I have a million things like that. (laughs) Yeah, because you have a million other things to do. That's why. And we stop seeing things after a while. So if I don't flip that switch, the problem does not exist. And and you're totally right. You're totally right. Because I actually asked my husband recently, I knew we had a bunch of burned out light bulbs. And I said, what kind do we get for this? Because I've been very confused. I'm clearly looking for guidance everywhere. And he goes, get the brightest, whitest light so we can (laughs) see see all the dirt. Oh and I was God. like, why would I want to see all the dirt? Like, anyway, oh my God. you were okay, right. Wait, here's my question for you, too, because now I'm curious. So, mm-hmm. Annie, I, my parents like totally ascribe to your school of thought. In fact, we don't have overhead lights almost, really in any single room in our entire house. We are lamp, lamp, mm-hmm. lamp, lamp, lamp. Mm-hmm. And it has kind of rubbed off on me. Who's the turner outer in your family at night? Like, I'm oh. curious because that is a huge point of contention in our family because I'm like lights, a, lamps are burning at all times. Mm. We must have like 20 lamps always going because, you know, I like to warm up the house at night. Yes. But it's like my husband kind of resents that he has to turn off all the lamps. <laughs> it's a job. <laughs> right, right, right. It is a job. It's like opening the drapes every day. Who does that? Yeah. Um, okay. Well, this is not going to be a satisfying answer, but we... Okay. Well, it would be my job. It would be my job. And there have been times when, yes, I go through the whole house and I turn out all the lights. But here's the thing. Like, I don't need total darkness to sleep. And I've been, you know, during the day, it's not uncommon for me to leave a light on in a room where I'm not, but I'm going to be later. So I like walking into a room that has already has a light. Oh my gosh, all my environmental friends don't. I am am so there with you. We have had this conversation. I'm so glad to hear somebody else say this. Like I I I leave leave the house like kind of lit all day. Yes, I know, which is terrible. It's terrible. But in terms of, you know, what gets turned out, yes, I will turn out the overhead light in the front hall, but I might leave the table lamp on just because if I open my eyes in the middle of the night there's this very tiny glow coming from downstairs makes me feel good so that's you know that's my answer to that Annie I'm seeing a theme here that it's not necessarily (laughs) about follow the rule it's about making your home feel good for you which I kind of love I'm kind of into this that is absolutely it and I mean where else in our lives are we do we have permission to do that. I mean, your house has to feel like you. It has to make you happy. I mean, if you walk home at the end of the day or, you know, after the grocery store and your house bums you out, how are you supposed to how are you supposed to rise above that, you know? So, I mean, paint is the cheapest, easiest way to change the feel of a room. And you know why we don't all paint all of our rooms colors that make us happy? I do not know, but it's really important that you have your home you know, really be a place where you want to be. Okay, yeah, let's talk about paint a little bit because um, like you said, it's kind of the cheapest and easiest high impact uh, way to do this. And I love the idea of just paint any color you like, which is so fun. And I've done it many times. Um, but I want to talk about lacquer because I feel mm. like lacquer I'm seeing everywhere. And is this something I've read a couple blogs and a couple Pinterest posts about, yeah, you can do this yourself. Is that a terrible Mm. idea? And then also really what's the difference between lacquering and just painting something with the super shiniest high gloss? Right, right, right. That is such a good point to bring up because lacquer is everywhere right now and it's so pretty and it's kind of timeless. So I, I would say though, Unless you have unlimited time and unlimited patience, 
I do not recommend lacquering walls or a ceiling yourself. I mean, because the process, if you sort of look up how to, I'm sure there are, you know, like videos on how to do this on YouTube, but you have to prepare the wall because a shiny wall shows every single bump. That's why in older houses, you tend to use flat paint on the walls because they show imperfections less. So first you have to start with an absolutely perfect wall. So you're sanding, spackling, sanding again to prep the wall. Then you put on a layer of paint, then you sand, then you put on another layer of paint, and then you sand again. And you do that like as many times as you need, and it might be four, five, six times, to really get that authentic, like official textbook definition of lacquer. So if you really love that shiny look, it might be the same price. I'm not exactly sure, but doing some calculations in my head, it may be the, around the same price to get wall covering that is shiny, shiny, shiny. It's certainly easier to deal with. It comes right off again, um, less messy. And, you know, you may not get the exact color you want, but I know that Philip Jeffries is a manufacturer of grass cloth and other wall coverings, and they have this vinyl wall covering that looks like patent leather. I mean, it is amazing. Navy blue, bright red, silver gold. It's amazing bright white that's what i've been wanting to do is do a, a room in bright white lacquer effect like that um so on walls you might want to consider wall covering instead um in terms of getting the shine though and the difference between you know using high gloss paint and you know actual lacquer i don't actually know what the technical difference is between the two i mean i know that actual if you were to really lacquer a piece of furniture there would be a different process that would separate it from high gloss paint and i'm not exactly sure what that is but um in my own dining room i just did a neutral colored grass cloth on the wall so it's like a straw color and then all of the trim including this coffered ceiling i painted in high gloss navy blue and the navy blue is really, really, really shiny. And it I'm not going to say it looks lacquered. I don't tend to think of woodwork as being actually lacquered. But it gives me that shiny effect that I want. I mean, it bounces the light around. Now, again, the house is 1910. So is the woodwork perfect? No, not at all. But to me, seeing those imperfections is part of the charm. Um, and so it's part of the whole effect. So I hope that does that address the question? enough yeah yeah no and i love that you did the trim in a color and shiny i always do my trim in super shiny can you can you clarify something else as long as we're talking about paint because graham and i've had some debate on this which is the easiest to paint to clean i always thought it was the higher gloss yes that is true yep the higher gloss paint graham you owe me 20 bucks i do you win (laughs) i lose i was confused when that's why i went searching for annie actually (laughs) it was honestly one of our paint conversations where i was just annoyed with kirsten i'm like i'm gonna get to the bottom of this and i'm wrong but now but now we have annie so really you owe me 20 dollars (laughs) kirsten Okay, what about painting ceilings and floors? Let's talk about Mm, that. mm, I am pro. I am pro both those things. Um, I think, well, first of all, some painters will say to you, well, are we just doing the ceiling, ceiling white? What what does that even mean? You know, so just say no, because it's this dead, dead white that just say no to ceiling white. 
Yeah, it's because it's what does that mean? It's left over in the van. That's what that means. It's a dead white with a little gray in it. It's depressing. So I tend to use a. I mean, if I'm doing a ceiling white, I use a real white, like Benjamin Moore's Super White. It's just a little. It's very pure, but it has a little bit of warmth to it, um, and that's going to reflect the color of the walls. It's going to bounce the light back in a nice way. So if you do a white ceiling use a real white so that's that's one thing um, but it also is a really neat effect to have white walls and then a bright color on the ceiling or even a light color on the ceiling um, recently in a house that has a pretty open floor plan um, and they wanted to keep the walls really neutral okay so we did that but then in their living area which was just a section of the of this whole open space i was not involved in the design of the house although this was very pretty but this wasn't my decision um, but there was a coffered ceiling over the seating area, huge. And we decided to paint the ceiling part in the coffered, you know, the recessed mm-hmm. part within the coffers, a super light blue. And it is stunning because it's so subtle, but mm-hmm. it really defines that space and it's so pretty. So I think, you know, this is sort of one of the themes of the day, too, is that things that you do do not in and of themselves have to be dramatic like that that part of the ceiling did not have to be bright orange in order to have an impact um so painting that ceiling light blue was a really nice move now if you have color on the walls and you want to do a color on the ceiling you just have to be careful there just might be some trial and error um there was a yellow bedroom um a child's bedroom that we did and she wanted the ceiling let's see no sorry it was a blue bedroom and a light blue bedroom and we the child wanted the ceiling yellow i said fine no problem we painted the ceiling yellow i went back it was green it was green i was like oh my gosh they got the color wrong no it was the yellow but the way the light was and the way that it it reflected it was a green ceiling luckily the the kid thought it was great so i was off the hook but i mean it's really tricky i mean ceilings and walls they reflect light off of each other so you just have to you have to be careful I think that goes back to the fear of people. Well, not that that's a bad thing, but I think that's like, oh my gosh, you know, and I worry about that too. Let me pick the color Mm -hmm. and then it turns out to be the wrong look. That's why we need designers to help us with these things. And it's why you need sample pots, you know? I mean, and and I do tend to use a lot of Benjamin Moore. You can match to other colors, of course, but you know, there are tiny little sample pots now for I think around $5. If we had done that, I would have avoided that problem, but we were, you know, in a rush and I'm pretty confident about yellow. I got a little too full of myself, you know, thought it would be no problem. Um, but but testing, you know, you don't have to try something by painting the entire room. Paint a patch, paint a piece of poster board, you know, and move that around the room. That's what it, when we moved our um, living room from egg yolk yellow to a very light pink, I painted a couple pieces of poster board in different shades of pink um, and moved them around. I also painted part of a wall, a big patch of wall, white first, so that I was looking at the pink, you know, in a more neutral environment. But, that was smart. But, That's a great you idea. Know, yeah, just walk around with those samples, put them on different walls at different times of day. Give yourself a few days to to really, you know, see how it see how it goes. Um, but on the subject of painting floors, I am very, very in favor. Um, you know, I especially like if you're going to do a pattern on a floor. Um, there was a country house I um, of a friend of mine in Hudson, New York. Really, really old and beautiful and wide plank, old pine flooring. It was just gorgeous. And in her kitchen, 
No, I take it back. On the entire first floor, it wasn't a gigantic house. Through the entire first floor, she had painted a checkerboard pattern with super dark green and then the wood showing through. And it was amazing. And then, of course, there were oriental rugs on it here or there. It was so charming and cozy. I just loved it. This Kirsten's is what I've been ch- hanging up right now. To I am. This is what I have been wanting to do for like two years in my kitchen because we just put in wood floors. We remodeled like five years ago and just mm-hmm. wood floors in a kitchen. I don't know who these people are who have beautiful wood floors <laughs> in their kitchen because like we, you know, drop salad on the floor and then the the oil from the dressing or, you know, it just I can't even we had a we also had a baby eating from a high chair. So once you've mm-hmm. had that on a wood floor, then. It's never right. going to be the same. So I'm dying to paint mine. <laughs> I just got permission. Oh, you did! Awesome. What color or a pattern? What are you doing? No, I'm getting. I'm going to do the checkerboard. From you, Annie. Oh man. Oh man. I don't think she's gotten permission from her husband. I think she got permission <laughs> from you. Yeah. No, you gave me the permission. Oh, for me. Oh. Yes. Well, yeah. well, yeah. No, I'm a. I will grant you permission for lots of things. Oh, so, good. You know, if, if you need, need to me get... to talk to her husband, you know, just put him on the phone, and I would be happy to cajole yeah. him. <laughs> wonderful, great. wonderful. Um, okay, I think we've we've about hit our hit our limit with time with you. We want to be respectful for your time, but just one last quick question because you did bring up a child's room. Mm. Um, I've, a lot of our listeners have new babies, are still expecting more children, have young children. Mm. And there's two problems with that. It's one, we design spaces for people that are going to be changing pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And we also design spaces for people who maybe don't don't know how to take care of things. Right. <laughs> to put it, I don't know. And I'm trying to find a nice way to say like, oh, my children. <laughs> and I'm right. talking about my children right now. Right. And so how to decorate for a nursery? Yeah. Is that sort of the subject? Yes. And just for, and just mm-hmm. this stage of life, because, you know, you right. look at a magazine and you're like, oh, well, wouldn't that be nice? Yes. Someday. A white, oh, a white rug in the nursery. Doesn't that look pretty? <laughs> yeah. Who thought of that? Yeah. It's I mean, this is the room in the house that that I would say do not invest a lot of money. The only thing I would invest money in if if you're going to invest in anything would be window treatments because you could do, you know, a, a natural woven Roman shade as a base layer and then you could put your room darkening curtains over it and then those curtains can change again and again as the child gets older. So if you're going to spend any money, that's where I would say to spend it. Um, paint's cheap as we know. Um, but as far as as far as the whole approach to the room, there does have to be some level of acceptance. I mean, you have to know that the nursery is not going to look like a page out of Domino, except when you really tidy it up and then it'll look nice for five minutes. Um, but I would say go for rugs that have patterns on them. Don't feel that you have to order, you know, beautiful light color rugs from Pottery Barn, which are pretty expensive, actually. Um, but don't feel that you have to go super light on everything. You know, do do a darker wool rug. Um, wool cleans like nobody's business. If there's a pattern on it, it will show nothing. Um, so I, I think going that route is a really great thing to do. And then you can keep a light color on the walls so the overall effect is nice and light and bright. Um, but bedding is another great way you know that 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 a room that makes a room grow with a child so you know if you have yellow walls or light blue walls for a boy or a girl you know when they're a baby that's up to you so you've got tiny little baby bedding and it's so cute and it could be peter rabbit or whatever but then when they get a little older you know a duvet cover or a quilt is not super duper expensive and that can really change the whole look of a room so that's sort of the flexibility part um 
You know, does that help? Because I think I think the one thing we all can do as moms and as parents is take the pressure off a little bit. Like this is a kid's room. Have a giant um, hamper or basket like laundry sized in a corner so that if your mother-in-law is coming over, you can just scoop up everything on the ground and dump it into that container. I like having that in every room of the house, by the way, when the kids are young, just a pretty straw, giant, you know, hamper kind of thing in the corner. Um, You know, so if you really feel the need to just get stuff off the floor, you can do that and the room looks great. But it's just not going to be perfect for a while. And that's fine. That is okay. Your kid has to have one place where, you know, they can maybe take a crayon to the walls and you're not going to you're not going to totally freak out or they spill something on the rug and it's just not going to show you know you just it doesn't matter that much um don't feel it has to be perfect that's that's what i'm trying to say uh, i think not that's being wisdom. perfect is the mantra of our show so i yeah. think you nailed it annie <laughs> thank Good. you so Good. much where can our um listeners find you on instagram uh, it bossy color. So B is in boy. O S S Y. Yep. Bossy we color. Will, we will link to a bunch of your really cool pictures on our show notes. Oh, we didn't even get to touch upon. There's a house you did in Capitol Hill where you actually put up a wall in kind of a smaller size. Yes. I thought that was the coolest, coolest, oh. coolest idea. Everyone I feel Thank is like you. ripping down walls and you're putting them up. And I just, yes, <laughs> it turned out really nicely. Um, so Thank again, you. thinking outside of the box, that is what you were really known for. So thank you for thank your time you. today. Thank Annie, it was so great to chat so with you. Much. I can't wait to go. I, I'm like feeling re-energized because I loved color to begin with. But now I'm oh like, there's too many white walls in this house. Let's go down to business. <laughs> Onward. Well, good. Thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun. Thank you. Thank you, Annie.